When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Please have a seat, everybody. Thank you so much. Welcome, one and all, to The Late Show. I am your host, Stephen Colbert. And ladies and gentlemen, you can... You hear that sparkle? You can feel the electricity in the air because it is primary day all across America. Five states are choosing their party nominees for state and federal office. Pennsylvania, Oregon, Idaho, North Carolina, and Kentucky, or as election experts collectively know them... Now, it's Point Tuesday. Now, we taped this show early. Yeah. And uh, that means we don't know the results yet, but by the time this airs, the victors will be celebrating, and the losers will be saying that they're the victors. <laughs> now, it's a, it's a particularly big day. Yeah? Yeah? How are you doing? I'm doing okay. It's a particularly big day for the GOP. The party is choosing its direction for 2022. Original recipe nutballs <laughs> or extra crispy cuckoo cojones? <laughs> and, mmm, mmm, cuckoo cojones. Nowhere is that competition tighter than the Keystone State, Pennsylvania, where the Republican Senate race is a battle royale between hedge fund executive and divorced dad vacationing alone, David McCormick. <laughs> TV con man and funeral director flirtatiously asking, is this casket taken? <laughs> Dr. Mehmet Oz and surprise latecomer, former radio talk show host and Christian ventriloquist with a faith-based dummy, <laughs> Kathy Barnett. As of this week, uh, McCormick's internal polling showed the candidates neck and neck and neck, with McCormick at 25% and Oz and Barnett tied at 24%. Of the three, Dr. Oz has the former president's backing, and last night he made sure to remind everyone of that. President Trump said this, and I think he was right and kind to say it, that I am smart, I am tough, and I will never let you down. Because there is nothing more impressive than being called smart by a man who stared directly at an eclipse. <laughs> but then... Not supposed to... Not supposed to... That happened. 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 Thank you. <laughs> but then things got weird. You never want to let your people down. So when you go to bed at night and put your head on that soft pillow, you know Oz will be doing exactly what you'd want him to do if you were there next to him. <laughs> that is the creepiest political promise since George H.W. Bush said this. Kiss my lips. I give tongue. Dr. Oz is making a big final push because Barnett has been surging in the polls despite a long history of bigoted statements against gay people and Muslims. Or possibly because of that. <laughs> and this weekend, she tried to defend her comments on Sunday, Sunday, Fox News Funday. 
the overwhelming majority of the tweets that are now being presented are not even full thoughts. They're not even full sentences. See, she's a perfectly qualified candidate for U.S. Senate who cannot finish a sentence. It explains her campaign slogan, vote for. <laughs> vote. Sure. Kinda. Kinda. Good out. There you go. Barnett said it's important to remember that all these comments happened so long ago. I can't provide a lot of context because, again, it's almost 10 years ago. That's how far they have to go back to try to find anything on me. Okay, 10 years, but keep in mind, Kathy Barnett is a 50-year-old woman. That's like saying, look, we all say and do stupid things when we turn 40. It's that carefree 22nd summer after high school. <laughs> and now to add... And now, to add insurrection to injury, this weekend, several news sites confirmed that this right here is, in fact, Kathy Barnett marching on the Capitol on January 6th alongside the Proud Boys. So, she tried to overthrow an institution and now wants to work there? That's <laughs> like holding up a bank saying, put the money in the bag. Also, it seems like a pretty good gig. Could I drop a resume off with you guys? <laughs> By the way, how often do these robberies happen? Because... Because <laughs> this seems kind of scary. Now, for his part, the former president seems to be nervous that Barnett's brand of intolerance will beat out his favorite grifter, but he is hedging his bets, putting out this statement, Kathy Barnett will never be able to win the general election against the radical left Democrats. She has many things in her past which have not been properly explained or vetted, adding, but if she is able to do so, she will have a wonderful future in the Republican Party, and I will be behind her all the way. That's a bit of an abrupt turn. <laughs> I, Gregory, to take Catherine to be my lawfully wedded wife, to love and cherish in sickness and in health, till death do us part. Unless any of those bridesmaids are into it, then I am DTF. <laughs> Let's get it on. Speaking of deranged leaders, British Prime Minister and Muppet, and Muppet finding out where the hand goes, Boris Johnson. <laughs> After more than two years, of COVID work from home, Johnson is calling on Brits to come back to the office, explaining, my experience of working from home is you spend an awful lot of time making another cup of coffee, and then, you know, getting up, walking very slowly to the fridge, <laughs> hacking off a small piece of cheese, then walking very slowly back to your laptop, <laughs> then forgetting what it was you're doing. How... <laughs> you know... How short is Boris Johnson's attention span? <laughs> Should we need to deploy nuclear missiles against our enemies in... Ooh, Gouda! <laughs> don't, don't mind if I do that. <laughs> now, what was I talking about? <laughs> Gromit! There's some good news about Russia, because there's bad news for Russia. Finland and Sweden have both signed off on their bids to join NATO. And Finland... Well, okay, that's right. That's right. And 
Finland and Sweden are very serious about making this official. They each left a toothbrush in NATO's bathroom already. <laughs> One of Russia's main goals in invading Ukraine was to weaken NATO. Now, instead, the alliance is on the brink of starting its largest potential expansion in nearly two decades. How ironic. <laughs> it's... It's, it's like that O. Henry story where the guy buys his wife combs for her hair and she joins NATO. <laughs> Russia should be worried about Finland joining because it would double the size of Russia's land border with NATO and entirely encircle its three ports on the Baltic Sea. And if Russia loses the Baltic, all NATO has to do is buy Mediterranean Avenue and they can start putting up hotels. And then it's over, baby. $450, pass go, but then you're right there. <laughs> now, before the invasion, Putin said that any of Russia's neighbors joining NATO would be a red line for the country. But yesterday, Putin said Sweden and Finland joining NATO would cause no problems. <laughs> Apparently, Russia is switching military tactics from naked aggression to passive aggression. <laughs> because no problem never means no problem. That's rule number one in dealing with dictators and mothers. Oh, you're not coming home for Christmas because you're going to Costa Rica with your new girlfriend? No problem. <laughs> even though, even though it might be the last Christmas where we're all here. Who knows? I could <laughs> fall down the stairs tomorrow. Of course, you haven't given me any grandchildren yet, so I guess I won't be missing that much, but... <laughs> you go have a good time. I'll just sit here in the dark. It's... It's no problem. <laughs> but, regardless, it hits home. That hits home. It's no problem. That's fine. You go ahead. But regardless of Putin's reaction, this is really complicated geopolitical shifting, especially for Sweden, who has maintained neutrality for over 200 years. And joining us now to break it down for us are the Late Show's top Swedish experts. What, in your opinion, is Sweden saying about NATO membership? Take a chance on me. And, and, and what, what do you think Putin is going to say about that? I tried to hold you back, but you were stronger. By the way, by the way, while I got you, what's a good movie to watch if you just need an escape from the bad news? Super That's weird. I thought you were going to say... Mia. Yeah. <laughs> that one. So, in conclusion... Fernando. Thank you for that analysis. We've got a great show for you tonight. Up next, Ricky Gervais. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest tonight is an Emmy-winning comedian who created The Office, Extras, and Afterlife. He has a new stand-up special, Supernature. People quiz me on Twitter when they find out I'm an atheist. They go, what, what you don't believe in God at all? I go, no. Do, do you pray? I go, no. <laughs> I go, why don't you pray just in case there's a God? And I say, why do you put garlic over your door just in case there's a Dracula? Right? <laughs> uh, and I, I've got no problem with praying, you know? I know loads of nice Christians and Muslims and Jews, and if one of my family is very ill, they always say, oh, I'll pray for them. And I always say, oh, thanks very much, because it's a nice gesture. If they said, oh, we also cancelled the chemotherapy, I go, don't do that, don't do that. <laughs> pray, fill your boots, son, but let's... <laughs> Let's do the praying and the chemotherapy, <laughs> shall we? Because that's the same result as just the chemotherapy. So let's, 
Let's definitely keep that one, shall we? Please welcome back to The Late Show, Ricky Gervais. Amazing. Quite lovely, Thank isn't you. it? Isn't it quite Amazing. lovely? Thank you. Hey. Nice to see you again. Oh, it's great to be here. Now, we have spoken a couple times uh, over, you know, lockdown, kind of quarantine, COVID, but you actually haven't been here for uh, almost three years, and I see you again in person. Yeah. You really, there's a I special haven't... something, there's a micronutrient I'm getting from Ricky Gervais to be here in person. I haven't worn underpants for three years, so, yeah. Why well, start it's, it's now, I to, say. It's, yeah, I know. Yeah, Even on. getting dressed now is a bit of a chore. But, yeah, yeah. it is. No, yeah. it's lovely to be here, yeah. yeah, yeah. Nice yeah. to see you. Nice three see years. You. What, how was your... I mean, obviously, COVID lockdown is no fun, but yeah. how, what, how, how well, was your last it sort of suited years? me, I, you know. It suited you? Yeah, I don't like people coming to the house. I don't... <laughs> Do you like people at all? Do you like...? They're not my favourite animal. I do like people. Yeah. I do like people, but um, as long as I could... Yeah, I, I, I like my privacy. I, I don't like doing much. I didn't have to get out of anything. People stopped inviting me to things, which was good. I could still walk every day to meet dogs. So sure. If, if they said you can't touch a dog in COVID, that would have been a problem. But you've got to keep away from people. Yeah, not a problem. Yeah. Not a problem. There was a period of time where, where they weren't sure whether dogs carried it, and that was scary. I, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd risk it. I'd risk catching it for dogs. I have, to, I have to scruffle. I've been walking in Central Park today. I've been here two days, and I've been four times, and I just scruffle dogs. I just love them. Scruffle? That's like my... Oh, is that my... an English term? Scruffle? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Mm. I do that. I go, oh. I, this is how weird I am. Now, I found out that I carry a stick and the dog sees the stick and he comes over and give it a stick and then it loves me even more oh. is that weird it is a little weird is it? okay that's like <laughs> that's like candy from a stranger I know, that's a, exactly, that's a yeah, yeah, yeah yeah okay speaking of weird i was just reminded by my, my producer who was talking to you earlier that when you were here three years ago we used to do this bit on the show called personal space we, oh. would, we would have a, a like one of the stars yeah. who was coming on the show. Yeah. We would have them. I'll show you. We, we'd have them stick their head in a box with me, and it was called Stephen Colbert's personal space, like that. <laughs> and I can't believe, seeing how much you're not huge fans of a person or yeah. people, yeah. that you did this with me. You you truly didn't seem to enjoy it. No, it was horrible. <laughs> uh huh. Can we if I show the people yeah, a little clip? Yeah, this, this is how yeah. part of it went, Jim. Have you ever had an Impossible Burger? No, what's they're, that? They're the veg it's a vegetarian burger. Oh. It's very delicious. Oh, no. Have you ever tried one? No. Would you like to try one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm not... No. No. <laughs> so open your mouth. Open your mouth. No! Open your mouth. <laughs> no! You can't... Listen. This is... Look. This, honestly. Can you imagine doing that in a post-COVID world? Oh, no, don't make it sound like it was normal then. <laughs> it was weird at the time, before COVID was invented. That sure. was weird. Sure. A man, but people a man, had a good time. A man. Talk about me giving stick to dog. A man giving me a burger with his mouth. In a box. In a box. Yes. <laughs> um, you, you, uh, you had, speaking of, like, things that you do love, you had, um, you have a beautiful co-star. Uh, your series, Afterlife, just recently Aww. ended. There's your beautiful co-star. Who is this? Who are we looking at here? 
This is, uh, this is Auntie, Antilly, who mm -hmm. plays uh, Brandy. Um, she was 11 last month, and she's oh, wow. the most beautiful dog, yeah. Wow, yeah. is it hard? I mean, sometimes when you end a show, it can feel like the family, you know, almost yeah. like breaking up a relationship. What's it like having to say oh. goodbye to a cast member like this? Uh, exactly. The, the rest of the cast, I was saying goodbye. Yeah, whatever. And uh, <laughs> when I had to hug her, I, that was when I really got emotional, because I was thinking, oh, she doesn't know why she won't see me next week. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So I was worried. But then, then um, I, uh, I, I see her for publicity and stuff, and I try and keep it touch. And She's, how does she react when she sees you? She runs straight over to me. Oh, it's wow. like, honestly, there is nothing oh. as beautiful as a dog. Yeah. We have to take a quick break. Right. But we're right back with more <laughs> Ricky Gervais. This new, you have this new special now called Supernature. Yes. And you started working on this in 2018? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then obviously had to stop. How long does it usually take you to put together a show? Uh, well, I, um, <clears throat> I do like 40 or 50 or even more uh, warm ups, and then I go on tour and I might do 150 uh, gigs. Uh, and so I'd done the warm up, I started gigging the end of 18. Uh, through 19, that just, and it stopped end of uh, February, and then started again in uh, July 21, and I, I, I finished it. Uh, was that due that you, I'm obviously, I'm gonna guess you've never taken like a two year break no. while you're working on a single no. project. No. What does that do to a show? Like, did it, did it have changed the jokes? Did it not feel right to you anymore? No, but it's always evolving, but um, no, it wasn't like it was, there was a thought, I think, oh, will this be out of date? You know, then, I, then I realized that when you're dealing with, you know, Famine, AIDS, cancer, Hitler, those dudes are evergreen. Yeah. So they're not gonna, mm -hmm. they don't date. Right. You know what I mean? There's no audience that isn't gonna <laughs> love that. <laughs> 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 Boo, not Hitler. It was a long time ago. Yeah. Get over it. Get <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but you you're always evolving. You you know you're spicing it up and what things happen. And um, so when people well, yeah. when people go to a Ricky Gervais comedy show, do you call it a concert show? What do you want? Uh, like yeah, to call it? I mean, yeah, they, they they start off small and then they get to okay. like arenas. When yeah. somebody goes, well, they have to know that you're going to be dealing with subjects that some people might find offensive. Yes. Like you don't go to Ricky Gervais concert for just feel good? No, I mean, I think they, uh, they do feel good, and I try and, you know, the first, the aim is to make them laugh, and they do laugh, but they know I deal with taboo subjects. But I, I deal with taboo subjects because I want to take the audience to a place that hasn't been before, and there is, a, there is a tension. And I think people get offended when they mistake the subject of a joke with the actual target. And smart people know you can deal with anything, you know, particularly when they're dealing with, like, something like irony. In this new show, I actually explain irony at the beginning as a joke, um, just to warn them, you know, and then they, they get it. And, uh, Do you mind sharing your definition of irony for us? or will you, Well, I, I, I come up and I say something. I say, that was irony, right? Um, there's going to be a bit of that throughout the show, right? And then I say something like, um, that's when I say summer, I don't really mean the comic effect, and you as a, an audience, you laugh at the wrong thing because you know what the right thing is. So I'm saying, right, right. you know, and that, that's what... You're it, part of the game. You, the audience, are yeah. in on the well, game. The, you know, uh, humour gets us over bad stuff, so that's why I, I, I laugh about terrifying bad things. I, you know, that's why comedians are obsessed with death, because, you know, it, it gets us through... It's an inoculation to the real things that are going to happen. And I think we second-guess people, particularly on television. They say things like, even in Afterlife, which is about a guy 
who's, uh, who's suicidal because his wife dies of cancer. You know, people saying, can the public take this? Well, of course they can, because real life's worse. Real life is scarier. And people like to see things, you know, explored and, and they like to see themselves. And I've never had a reaction like it with Afterlife. And it was people coming up and saying, I lost my mum or I lost my brother or my husband mm -hmm. too. And, and it really helped because they, they want to see a part of them on TV and they want to see it done not compromised. I think they want to they want to they want to live through it. And we, in fiction, we create our own heroes and villains as role play for the soul. Mm -hmm. And we go through those emotions, and it makes us stronger. So that, that's that's I think that's what that's what it's for. That's what comedy is for. It's to make us feel good. I think I think if it's a, if it's, it's an honest human experience that you're describing or exploring mm. with your jokes, the audience recognizes it. Exactly. You know, it's like what Seneca said: uh, "I'm a human being. Nothing human is foreign to me." Yes. And so it's it's not so daring as yeah. it's unique. Well, I think I do that. I think I celebrate all the best and worst things in humanity. I say we're all idiots, so it's okay. And I think that that's that nice? that's, that's fine, Isn't yeah. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Going back to your like, you know, uh, I don't mean what I'm saying, but that's not the point, you know, or you said something like yeah. that. When I was I didn't used to like my children to watch my old show, The Colbert Report, because I did in character, and he had my name and my face and of everything course. like that. And I was like, yeah. I don't want them to see me as a purely ironic figure. Like, and, and one day I'm on the phone working on a script with a friend of mine, just over, just over the phone, just working out a beat like that. And I didn't realize that my daughter was in the room watching the entire time and listening. She was sort of over in the corner. And I hung up the phone after we figured out whatever the beat was. And I hung it up and looked over at her, and she was looking at me like this, <laughs> out of the corner of her eye. <laughs> yeah. And I said, were you listening to that? She goes, Mm-hmm. She goes, I think I understand. I said, what do you understand? She goes, you don't mean what you're saying. <laughs> and I said, that's right. Daddy doesn't mean what he's saying for a living. That's it. That's it. That's it. We have to take a little bit of a break. Stick around. Um, what is the significance of the title Supernature? Supernature, two reasons. I sort of try and debunk the supernatural. I don't believe in anything supernatural. I believe that anything that exists is by definition part of nature mm -hmm. and is explainable. If not now, then eventually. Don't start. I'm not starting at okay. all. You made me think of something having nothing to do with religion, just in case you know. No, you good. so prejudge me. You are such a bigot when it comes yeah. to this. But go yeah. ahead, yes. And supernature because I think that nature is super enough you know I say mm -hmm. we I don't need I don't need angels and unicorns you know mm -hmm. I've got the duck bill platypus you know it's pretty strange exactly yeah yeah it's, pretty strange. it's a fact I, I I I do actually talk quite a lot about animals and I'm fascinated with with animals and I said the, the duck bill platypus is a monotreme and it produces eggs and milk and I say mm -hmm. it could make its own custard that's true. It That's doesn't, true. but it yeah. could. It also produces its own poison from a fang I on know. the back of its leg. Yeah. So it could be a poison custard. It, a poison custard. Yes. That's, a, that's your next novel. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I was going to ask you the thing that wasn't the religious moment that I thought of is that, oh, everything's sort of a, an expression of nature. How do you feel about artificial intelligence? Does that worry you? Because it doesn't worry me that much because it's, 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 it's man plus another creation, but that's also another thing that happened in nature. There's nothing artificial about it. it well, it's, it's an expression of us, because we're part of nature. Well, yeah, except that I think... I, I don't know if I ever will... Um, I, don't, I don't think artificial intelligence is quite the same as the human brain works, for a start. 
but it can be a very close facsimile and it can work stuff out. If you think that intelligence is trying to solve problems, that's all it is, mm -hmm. right? And we think we're the best because we're the most intelligent, mm -hmm. right? But I, I don't see it like... I, see, I just see we're part of nature. The slug doesn't go around going, oh, I haven't evolved enough. He's got it perfect. <laughs> He's got it just right. Mm -hmm. You know, but I think we've, you know, uh, uh, so will there be robots that will feel pain and cry and, yeah, probably, but it'll be as real as ours. Are, the, are, you, are you worried about, like, artificial intelligence sort of taking over? People are afraid of AI sort of being sort I, of a super intelligence. I'd love any intelligence to take over. <laughs> Ricky, it's lovely to have you. Thank you so much. <laughs> this has been The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. If you're enjoying The Late Show Poncho, leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 11.35, 10.35 Central on CBS and Paramount+. And for more exclusive Late Show content, Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube.